guys, episode 10 of Puff Sports Talk coming live and in your face this week. We have an amazing episode. I know I say it every week, but I've never steered you wrong, have I? And I'm not going to steer you wrong this week, I promise. Have you ever wondered what it's like to run a minor league baseball team? What goes into the day-to-day operations of running a minor league baseball team? Have you ever wondered what it's like developing players, not just for your team, not just for that one season, but to get them to their end goal, to get them to that dream of playing in the MLB, the show? We've got you covered. Our special guest answers all those questions, plus a lot more. So sit back and enjoy it. I know you're going to love this interview. Stay tuned after the interview for current sports news. Man, it was a busy week in the sports world, and we got it all covered for you. Plus, me and Tim, to get you your DraftKings and FanDuel bets for the NHL Game 1s of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So sit back, grab a cold one, and enjoy it. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Pub Sports Talk. We have a very special guest with us. She is the assistant general manager for me and Evan's hometown team, the Asheville Tourists. She's in her sixth season with the team. She was 2018 South Atlantic League Female Executive of the Year. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Sam Fisher. Woo! Sam, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, Sam, just give us a little background about yourself. Sure. So you kind of led into it. I've been with the Tourists for six years, um, starting – Group sales, like most people breaking into sports, and then, um, you know, some things happened at the right time, moved into more of a marketing role, and then more of a fan entertainment role, but prior to that, I uh, spent a season doing spring training for the Red Sox, and then prior to that, spent a year um, with the then Texas Rangers single A team, um, high A, which was uh, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, or now the Cubs, so um, that was kind of my, my break-in, I guess, so to speak. And it was perfect because it was right down the road from Coastal Carolina University, which is where I spent a few years and uh, did my master's through NC State. So I, uh, I'm from New Jersey, right outside New York City, but I've assimilated to the South at this point. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a little bit about where I came from. Awesome. Um, how was it working with the Red Sox and, and being a Jersey girl down here in the South? <laughs> Um, you know, that's like pretty much everyone's first question. And the easiest answer is it was great because I was an intern and they signed my paychecks and there were very few internships at that point that, you know, stroked a check at the end of it. So, um, you know, it was, it was really fun. It was definitely a learning experience, you know, spring training is a little bit different, definitely a smaller atmosphere, like John Henry and Larry Lucchino, you know, their offices were across from my cubicle. So it was a very uh, interesting setup, a very intimidating setup. Um, but, it, it, you know, learned, learned a ton. And that was right after they won the 2013 World Series. So wow. um, got to do a lot of really neat stuff with the trophy tour that they did afterwards. And as a Yankee fan, that was a little difficult for me. But, you know, I made it through. Uh, yeah, it, it was just really, it was just a very different experience. And I was you know, kind of fortunate that they were coming off such a great year and it made it, you know, all that more uh, exciting. That's an awesome internship. That's beat any internship I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, are you, you said you're a Yankees fan. Are you still kind of loyal to the Yankees or have you switched to the Rockies? No, you know, I'm still pretty, my, my grandparents from the Bronx. So I, I grew up going to Yankee games like all summer long. And uh, so I'm, I'm, my loyalty's still there. You know, working in sports, you kind of, you know, when I was with the um, Pelicans, I saw guys go through there that are now, you know, playing with the Rangers. And so you kind of more so start to root for people. 
Um, you know, do I root for the Rockies? Yeah, absolutely. Cause it's fun when they're winning. Um, you know, it's really cool to see guys like get to that level that, you know, I used to take to read at libraries back in the day. So I, I'm more so root for people, but I've got my teams now that I'm in the Southeast area. I actually really like the Cincinnati Reds. Um, they're kind of who I, yeah, is that your team? That's my team. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I, I love great American ballpark. I love going up there. It's such a cool ballpark tour. So it kind of, uh, and our owners are from Ohio, so they're Reds fans and, uh, kind of, you know, not transformed me, but they're, they're who I pull for as well. Awesome. You said you did work with the Red Sox, right? Yeah. So was that, was it, was <laughs> it like mixed feelings there being a Yankees fan? You know, I was like, kind of like I mentioned earlier, I had to like set that aside and uh, just remember that they were a, how I finished college <laughs> and paying me and, you know, really sports internships, especially back then, very few were paid. So I didn't ask questions. <laughs> you can put a B on your hat for a little while, as long as they're paying the checks. <laughs> exactly. I had, you know, going and going to college, I had tons of friends from Massachusetts and whatnot. So I was like, here, you guys can have all this when I'm done. <laughs> uh, your assistant general manager. What, what's your day-to-day job? What, is, what does that entail? Uh, you know, it really varies, which is kind of what I love about it. Not, you know, no two days are the same, but there's definitely a sales component. Um, I do a lot of ticket sales and uh, sponsorship sales. So, you know, I think for any minor league baseball team, that's pretty much a component of anybody's job. Um, you know, I also oversee community relations, marketing, social media, uh, our fan interaction and engagement. Uh, I oversee our internship program and then some risk management stuff like security and um, you know, some third party vendors that we use. So that's kind of like, I guess what I oversee. And then, um, you know, on a game day, on a game day, it's like all hands on deck from nine o'clock until the game gets there. So we're throwing up stanchions and, um, uh, being a small team, you just kind of do everything. We're all pulling tarp. We're, um, all picking up trash if it comes down to it. So, you know, the day to day is really so you know, ever changing, which, but you get to have your hands in a lot of different things. So it's, it's pretty cool. That's a lot. That's, that's a heck of a lot. There are full days. Oh, sure. I can imagine. <laughs> um, is what's, what's your end game? If, if you have one, uh, do you um, want to be general manager, work your way up? You know, I don't want to say that I don't want to be a general yeah. manager. Yeah. Um, it, it never, when I, you know, if you asked me five years ago, I, I'm not sure I would have said I would be the assess, assistant general manager <laughs> five years later. Um, it's, it's just worked out that way. Um, and I really enjoy my job, but again, in sports, like positions like this are, are very fluid. They may, they mean something here. They may mean something very different somewhere else. So, yeah. you know, I, I think at the end of the day, when maybe 10 years down the road, I, I would like to be doing fan engagement and entertainment at, on a larger scale. Okay. Um, but I would not turn down a general manager position <laughs> if it knocked on my door. <laughs> I don't think anybody would blame me there. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of Taurus history. Well, actually, I have a question just more about, you know, as an avid Taurus fan, I just feel like the fans appreciate there's so many giveaways, you know, like mm-hmm. Parker's repping his jersey right now. Yep. And I've got a collection of those jerseys or like Russell Wilson bobblehead or Crash Davis bobblehead night, just kind of what I feel like, you know, compared to other to other minor league teams, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but like 
what is that push to to give the fans some merch like that? You know, I think it's really twofold. You know, we we are big on day of the week promotions. So, you know, Fridays are fireworks and dollar hot dogs. Thursday, Thursday. Thursday, right. So Saturday is kind of like our giveaway day. And A, it's a really great activation piece for a sponsor. So that's kind of like your one side of it. And then you, you know, people love free stuff. Just call it what it is. (laughs) Um, And, you know, replica jerseys, bobbleheads, these are collector's items. You know, especially like most of our jerseys we do is kind of like a string all through the season. We'll do like eight of them. So, you know, to get every single one from that season is we have a lot of people like that's their thing. Um, You know, I think it's just a great activation piece and it's a takeaway. You know, if if you walk downtown and you're in your Jersey Parker, you know, 25 people see it. That's a win for me. You know, that's that's worth the cost of of that jersey. Does that kind of answer your question? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it does. I just feel like, again, for me, I mean, I'm just going to name it. You know, I lived in Greenville for the past two years and I was so hyped to go to the Greenville drive because, you know, it's a replica replica of Fenway. And it kind of, it was a different feel than the tourist because tourist, it is a little more historic. I mean, it's, it's not as new. So, you know, for a while they still had those concrete bleachers and like there wasn't really, but it was like, ah, but it's, it's free Jersey day. So I might as well go. (laughs) But like, it was funny because going to a game and experiencing kind of like where they put their money and where they invest for their fans, Mm -hmm. it's, it's different that it's not so much the giveaway. Um, I just noticed that that was a difference. And I was like, you know, I kind of like the historic, aspect of it and the connection with the fan it was just more present in Asheville than it was yeah you know we I I think everyone's got their own philosophy on how to do it and that's fine you know I do think that there's markets that work differently I think what we do works for our market Um, but also you know we recognize the fact that our ballpark is you know getting getting close to 100 years old and we recognize that we don't have all the bells and whistles of, of, you know, some other places like floor field where the drive plays, which is it's beautiful. Um, so we really have to capitalize in other areas. And so that's kind of where we choose to capitalize is okay. Customer service. First of all, is should, we should always be the best at it. I'm, I'm just a firm believer. If anybody, if anybody says that someone else is better, like I want to know what they're doing. And, you know, and part of that, I think are these different promotions that bring fans out for different reasons like Thursday, Thursday, like your dollar dog night and like Jersey giveaway night. So like I said, I think just some te- certain teams have different philosophies on that. And this is what's worked for us in our market. I, I can't speak for Greenville, but um, you know, it's just, I think everyone chooses to capitalize in a different place. Yeah. And I, and I did not want to throw the drive under the bus. You <laughs> no, know? No, no. It was just, I was trying to provide that just, you know, yeah, the, no, golf I, I club is different. That. It is. Every every place is a different experience. So. But speaking of historic McCormick, this is my real question. Okay. So I had to write this down. Uh, but this is this is weighing, uh, you know, it's kind of a silly question, but it's very real for someone who's watched The Tourist for like their whole life. I have a feeling I know where this is going, but keep going. <laughs> okay, so originally founded 
As the moon shiners in 1897, the name was changed to Taurus in 1915. Mm-hmm. It was revived after a three-year stint when they were the Orioles. That was 72 through 75. That's a tough run. <laughs> but they're, they're really forever the tourists. Yeah. However, in 2011, a new mascot was introduced despite Teddy Taurus being the beloved face of the franchise. Rumors stirred that Teddy was going to be pushed out of Beer City and the moonshiner's name was going to be brought back featuring glow-in-the-dark as a primary color. So the moon has stayed, the new logo and the, the new colors have stayed, but we are still the tourists and Teddy still resides at McCormick Field. What is the whole story to your knowledge of how this went down? Because I feel like there was definitely a push, like they're going to, like Teddy's done. Like we're pushing Teddy out, Mr. Moon's coming in and this is the new face, but but obviously that hasn't happened. That was 10 years ago. So what, how did, I want the exclusive, like how did that go down? <laughs> Insider scoop, huh? Yeah. Um, you know, listen, Taurus have been around, like you said, since 1915. The brand needed a facelift. You know, you can, you want to look at it from a merchandise perspective. I mean, that's always a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Merchandise is really big for any minor league baseball team. So, you know, you just get to the point where, it well, a we, it needed a facelift, but also the A at the time wasn't recognizable. So that A logo you have on your shirt was yeah. very similar to a lot of other A's. That's fair. Um, and we wanted a and I well I shouldn't say we wanted I wasn't there, but the 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 team wanted a more recognizable A, you know something that nobody else had, and that so that was a large part of the rebrand itself. There is no plans to, I, I probably get asked this 10 times a year. And like part of me kind of as like a really big prank wants to like on the our promotional promotions calendar, just be like Teddy's funeral, like April 16th. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to, like, for real. I, that's the thing though, is fans are like waiting for it. Like, no, when's but it going to happen? Love, no, we love Teddy. Uh, we have no plans of getting rid of him, but people take it very serious. So like, that's like my inside joke, I guess. Um, but no, I mean, there's, there's, there's no getting rid of them. We just, we needed something fresh. We needed to rebrand. Um, we had new ownership at that time. So it was a really good place to keep the tourist name, you know, you know, pay tribute to when baseball started back in Asheville in 1897. Um, I did hear rumors. I did hear rumors that they, they polled like, I don't know what their, I don't know how they met a quorum. I don't know what all happened, but they like, they got a vote out supposedly. And it was to keep Teddy in. But again, I don't know. There's just rumors, but it was rumors again that they had already made a decision. (laughs) But after polling the fans, they, they didn't meet like their, what they were supposed to. And they're like, all right, we got to keep them. You know what? I've been there for six years. I've never heard that. So I can't. Okay. So it's all conspiracy. I think that's, I think that, that part's conspiracy. I don't, it, to my knowledge, they've, there's never been a plan to actually get rid of Teddy. So okay. that helps. That's reassuring. I <laughs> feel like any listener that's like me, uh, you should just feel reassured. I was like, you should probably cut the Teddy funeral part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great promotional, you know, Teddy's funeral bobblehead. If, uh, if we ever have an April 1st game, <laughs> Dude, <on> ooh, perfect. <laughs> nice. Uh, 
Yeah, that was, I, I put out this morning on our Instagram, you know, which mascot do you recognize more, Mr. Moon or Teddy? And it was 80 to 20% Teddy all Teddy. the way. And um, I think yeah. we were in high school when they introduced, introduced Mr. Moon and we, we felt some type yeah. of way about it for a little bit, but. <laughs> oh yeah. It's actually really interesting to see the split of fans, yeah. you know, between both mascots because it's really all over the place. Oh, I'm sure. And, and sometimes it's, People, there are a lot of people that I'm like, all right, I'm, I don't even need to ask you. I know <laughs> who, who you're going for. And there's some people that surprise you. And I'm like, right, never would have, uh, never would have guessed it. So surprises you. I will say it's pretty unique to have a team that has two mascots that are like at each other. Mm. Like it's really entertaining. Like, you know, you'll see the kid run the base pads and, you know, Mr. Moon messes it up for Teddy or like whatever. Like it is fun. It's fun yeah. to see. Yeah. little banter. Absolutely. Is, is there any futures for a, a Mrs. Moon or a Mrs. Teddy? That was <laughs> yeah. also a rumor when we were in school. I, that is kind of like a joke that my boss plays on me every single year. <laughs> we're bringing it in. Three mascots, Sam. And I'm like, here's my letter of resignation. <laughs> That's a lot of mascots. <laughs> a lot. Uh, but no, no, no plans, no plans. Okay. All right, Sam, I'm going to shoot straight with you here. Okay. I have no idea the history of the tourists. I've never been to a tourist game, um, but just talking with you and I kind of get this feeling like it's, uh, it's almost like a team inside of a team, if that makes sense. Like you have the baseball team, mm -hmm. but the way you describe it, that, you know, all hands on deck, everyone's pitching in. You're not necessarily bound to your job description. Um, so for all of our listeners out there, uh, can you give us a little more insight on uh, kind of who the tourists are? I, I know you're doing some community work, uh, anything like that. Yeah. Well, I think like the biggest misconception is that people think we're the Asheville tourists because Asheville is a giant tourist destination. And it kills me that people think that. Um, like a quick Google search. <laughs> would tell you that, you know, in 1914, the local sports writers here in Asheville, you know, they started to, we had guys coming from all over the country to play here in our region. And, you know, they started referring to them as tourists. They move here, they play some baseball, they move on to the next city and we never see them again. And so they nicknamed that in the papers and it kind of stuck. And then in 1915, they picked up the name for good. And, you know, for those three years that you guys mentioned, it, you know, it wasn't there because they were part of the Orioles system. There was the whole Orioles way and every affiliate was an Oriole. So anyway, that's where the T I, I needed to make, come make that very clear. Yeah, that is where you. the team name came from, um, which I think is really neat and very unique to Asheville there. You know, you can, how many like tigers and bears and you know, whatnot teams are there. So I really love the fact that we have a very unique team history. Um, I think if you like, kind of take us apart and go more into the front office, you know, yes, we're a baseball team. Baseball is what we do, but we really, we do entertainment. Um, you know, we are just another family friendly, affordable way that you can entertain people in Asheville. So that's kind of what we are at, work, at our core. We're, we're in the customer service industry and, and yeah, you know, like you said, we we're all hands on deck. We, you know, we have, usually about 12 people full-time. That's a little different right now with COVID-19, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, but, you know, we sit at a full-time staff of 12 people. So to operate a ballpark that welcomes, you know, max 42, 4,300 people into the ballpark, like 
help comes from somewhere. Um, you know, we've got an intern class, we have seasonal assistants, and then of course we hire anywhere from probably two to 300 part-time employees per season to kind of make that place work. Uh, but nice. there, you know, there, there's a lot that goes into it. It's, it's long hours, it's long days. It is, you know, if it's an easy way to weed people out that don't want to work. And so I think that's a large component of minor league baseball that can be pretty eye-opening once you walk into it. But that's, you know, at this point, what everyone's accustomed to. So we all make it work. But yeah, I mean, it really is like we are, really are a team inside of a team. That was a great way to put it. Nice. And uh, your first point about uh, people thinking that the tourist was called the tourist because of the tourism, <laughs> you just suplexed me into correction. I, as soon as I looked it up, I was like, huh, that's an interesting name. And thank you for that. I needed that smack to the face. There you go. <laughs> uh and sam you guys the tourists do such a great job of getting the schools involved and kids i remember being in elementary school shout out to estes elementary you guys are in there once every six weeks nine weeks doing promotions for elementary and middle school like you guys do a phenomenal job with the kids thank you yeah you know we're we're really big about being a, a fabric or excuse me a piece of the fabric of this community we have been for so long it's something that's important to us but also I think for anybody that works in some kind of community facet for a sports team, it's the most, it's how you build fans too. You know, it's important to support your community. Your community will support you back. So um, it's really twofold, but it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's a good time going out to schools, bringing schools in. Um, We do a lot with the libraries and the community. And then of course, just a ton of mascot outreach so it's it's a good time it's funny too when you like bring a player or a mascot to a school and then like the kids come that night and they're like hey i know you i'm like we just met four hours ago it's good to see you (laughs) so it's neat we have a good relationship with our community and it's fun makes it fun i was gonna say i'm pretty sure teddy came to like my preschool i believe and like whether it was like fire prevention week or like I don't know what it was but he was just there and it was like you know everyone's freaking out like Teddy and (laughs) if you did if you weren't a fan by the end of the day you became a fan right exactly and that's like that's what we do we we actually since we've been you know not working like everybody else or excuse me not in the same capacity that we normally are we've, we've been doing like zoom calls with our mascots so we did like a Zoom readathon with the Buncombe County Library System. That was really fun. I had to read, obviously. Teddy was. <laughs> That's amazing. Teddy doesn't talk, but it was it was really it's been fun. So it's been different. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Are um, you you talked about the the original name of the Taurus and guys were coming from all over the place. Um, our other host Devin couldn't be here today, uh, but he had a really I thought it was a nice question. Um, how tough is it knowing that you might have a guy? like for example, Russell Wilson back in the day who was only there for a season and then he was gone. Like how hard is it to build a team around knowing that a guy or two guys were not going to be there come next halfway through the season or next season? Um, you know, really every year we pretty much get a new slate of guys. Um, it's maybe two or three guys come back each year. Um, so, you know, we don't brand ourselves around players or, you know, we might say we're excited to get this prospect because we know he's coming or, 
or whatnot, or someone's rehabbing, we might get someone. But beyond that, you know, unless you're getting Tim Tebow at a at single A, you know, there's not there's not a whole lot that your average citizen in our community is going to know about your 18 year old first round draft pick out of out of Pennsylvania. You know, so we really don't brand ourselves around players. Um, more so we take that, like I mentioned earlier, that family friendly, affordable approach. And then we kind of like pepper in these cool players as we go, but nobody knew who Russell Wilson was going to be back in 2012. You know, yeah, he was there for, actually, if you look at his stats, they like weren't that great back then. <laughs> um, and he didn't, he didn't play in a ton of games for Asheville, but he's still on a door wrap and we still did a bobblehead night and we still sold out, but yeah. it wasn't in 2012, you know? So it, it just it's it's hard to really brand yourself around a player at this level. I completely understand, and I think our listeners do too. Yeah, I remember like Russell Wilson was coming to Asheville, and we were all like, "Okay, like so what?" And yeah. uh, turns out he's a Super Bowl MVP. And we actually had two college football quarterbacks that year. We had a second one. His name is Kyle Parker. He played for Clemson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember I was I was having this conversation with my dad today because we were we were talking about it and we were like, who was that other guy? And Kyle <laughs> Parker. Because it was funny because I remember fans, everyone was raving about Kyle Parker. Everyone's like, Rick, right. Kyle Parker. And, and Russell Wilson, I think he played, one of the games I was at, he played like second base. Mm, and yeah, he just he played well. And I just remember, like, we left that going. Mm-hmm. This guy's pretty good. Like, I don't know if he's going to be a baseball player, but like, the, guy, the guy's an athlete. Yeah, and when he got drafted by Seattle, it was like, okay, let's see. Like, you know, I was I was excited just because you know seeing him, you know, like the year before, and just is he going to develop? Is he going to produce? Yeah, it's a different different path. It's a it's a unique path for someone that you know has gotten to that level. Super Bowl, (laughs) that's that's pretty unique. Coming, you know, when your path goes through a minor league baseball team at one point. So, like watching him play second base, I never once thought this guy's going to be married to Ciara. Like I never, <laughs> never thought that. Never crossed my mind. That's right. You know, anything can happen. Speaking of anything happens, obviously 2020 has happened and it's been a doozy for all of us, but especially for you guys, they've canceled minor league season. How did you guys deal with that? And, and how are you dealing with that? Um, you know, I think – it, it happened very quick that the, we, you know, the offices shut down, like kind of happened quick. I think that the whole world or at least the U S had shut down at that point. But also at that point we were getting information just like anybody else, like so quickly that it went from, okay, this might be a problem on Friday to literally Monday McCormick field is closed until further notice. So wow. we, you know, and that was like right around the time like NBA canceled and then, everybody followed suit really quickly. So, um, you know, in March, it was kind of like, okay, we're not going to start on April 16th, but maybe we'll start by May 1. You know, like nobody really knew what that looked like. And we were just basically working under the mindset of, okay, be ready for April 16th, no matter what, you know, our April 16th, which was should have been opening day might come on May 20th, but we better be ready for it by May or April 16th. So, you know, that was kind of the mindset we worked with until we really got to April 16th. And it felt like so much in that one month had happened. And, you know, personally, I was kind of at the point where every day our chances got smaller and smaller for playing 
held out hope, but it didn't look good type thing. Um, we were able to go back into the office on June one as part of phase two, I think that was. Um, and so we got back in and just kind of continued to operate like opening day could be any day. You know, we painted the outfield wall and we, um, power washed. I mean, that place has never looked better. Um, so it was a lot of just kind of like counting down the days until we either heard the worst news ever or the best news ever. We all know how that turned out. So, um, I mean, things are, are obviously different and we, I think something that people don't really realize is that sports are seasonal business. Uh, you know, we are, yes, we're open all year round, but we're not operating on, we're not operating with, you know, consistent revenue all year round. So that's kind of unique, I guess, for our, for our business. And, you know, if, if we start, if all goes well and we start on time next April from the end of last season to next season, you know, it's going to be something around 18 months until we have normal operating income. So, you know, that's definitely been difficult, um, hard pill to swallow the off season. I think anybody that works in sports can tell you, can tell you, can tell you that it feels long, um, just in, in its normal form. Um, you know, but there's always that instant gratification, opening day, letting fans in. And so not having that this year has been mentally tough, I would say for most people, but I think all you can do right now is just get creative and find different ways to make money. Um, and so, you know, you mentioned the summer grill that we're doing out on the infield. I think that people are still nervous to go outside and, and do different things. And that provides a really like safe and comfortable way for people to get out into the community and just do something different, have a hot dog, sit on the infields, drink a beer, um, and just feel like you're at a safe, you know, or in a safe space and, you know, safely distanced between people. So we're just trying to get creative. That's, that's what we've been all about lately. And I love that idea. Like not, not too many places you can go get a hot dog on the infield at third baseline and have a nice cold one from, you know, wicked weed or whatever. And yeah, like I that's an that. awesome promotion. Yeah. It's been different. It's been fun. We're actually doing like a dinner and trivia night next Thursday. So um, we're, we're pretty excited for that too. And you know, what's like the trivia? Said, what's that? What's the trivia? Um, you know, we're, we're bringing somebody in to do it. So it's not like solely sports, okay, solely just... baseball or anything like that. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some questions. Variety. There. Yeah. It'd be more variety. So more like po- you know, potpourri, to- if you will. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's, we're just trying to get creative, but it, it's been working out so far. People love it. People come and, uh, you know, that's really all we can ask for at this point. All right, Sam. So kind of the elephant in the room, as far as, uh, my concern, we just saw the implosion of the MLB, um, <laughs> with everything going on. And we have actually a listener question for um, some of the players that would be getting called up to the MLB from the minor leagues. Uh, Andrew was wondering um, if the players that were called up or uh, taken from the team, if they would have kind of first dibs on the position when they come back. And I know you'd already made mention of it's, it's essentially a clean slate every year. Uh, Is this like an exception or or how would you – uh, pursue that? Um, you know, I, I think the safest thing to say is that it, nothing's ever guaranteed. You know, you're not, you're not owed anything. Um, 
every, every year you've got to earn it. So that, um, to the best of my knowledge, I think is really how a lot of places are working now. You know, there's a lot of changes coming to play. We had a five round draft this year. I think they're looking to move it to 10 rounds next year, but then that, you know, that's it. So that's going to drastically change the landscape of, um, prospects and, drafts and moving guys to the minors um you know there's the contraction coming up of minor league baseball or you know they're talking about eliminating 42 teams I mean guys don't have a place to play that you know that should tell you a lot in, in terms of what's guaranteed and what's not I was just gonna say um that makes a lot of sense I like uh, how you worded that you know you got to earn it and uh, I think if you're a baseball player and you're in the minor league and and you really love the sport that's that's the mentality already so mm-hmm. I don't think they would really necessarily expect, hey, uh, I just came back from the MLB. Where's my spot? You know, it's it's uh, one of those like, no, you, it, what what'd you do for me lately? Not what'd you do for me last year? And and everyone has to work for their spot. So thank you for answering that. Yeah, absolutely. You're all contracts for your players this year. Are they still being honored or? Uh, we don't working? sign player. We don't sign contracts with players actually. So we we sign a player development contract with a a major league team every two or three years, um, and our for the last I guess twenty five or so they've been with the Rockies. So um, they sign their contracts with players, and then you know based on our player development contract, they send us people. So you know we split costs on certain things like baseballs and a certain equipment and whatnot, but like, you know, jerseys we pay for player salaries, they pay for. So um, for us, not really anything has changed in that realm. I think you guys got the better end of that bargain there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, You you talked about summer grill on the infield. Uh, You all have been killing the merchandise. Uh, Every time I'm on Instagram, I'm like, Oh, got to buy that. Got to get that. The, The beer city hats. Those are phenomenal. Um, the hippie hat, the tie-dye hat, the mystery box, which you guys did, you all are killing the apparel game. So just want to give a shout out. We, yeah, we appreciate it. Um, I wish we were able to wear all that stuff on the field because those are always really fun promotional nights at the ballpark. Um, we've been doing Beer City tours since, I think, 2016 and hippies since 2017. That actually started as a bet with the Greenville Drive. So, yeah, and it's it's, you know – we actually ended up like tying in the contest, but we were like, Oh, you can't just tie. So we'll do it anyway. You know, we change our name to hippies for the night and they didn't honor it, which is fine, but um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's worked out for us. We've done really well merchandise wise. So it's, it's been a really neat thing to do. And then the jerseys are, you know, it's unfortunate we couldn't wear those this year. We always auction them off and um, all that money goes to charity. So um, those are still you know, really big for us and we hope to continue it next year. But yeah, it's, it's been fun to, you know, work things up over the years that the tie dye hippie hats were one I was really excited to do this year. They, they came out cool. First ever on field tie dye hat. First ever. First ever. Look at Torres making history. I love right. it. <laughs> yeah. We ready for the hot seat. All right. I'm ready. All right. We can all do this by the way. I think, <clears throat> I think this will be fun. Uh, these will be quick. Asheville. Beer City or Land of the Sky? Sam, you start us off. Beer City. Beer City. Parker? Oh, Beer City. Tim? For sure, Beer City. No, you gotta go. I think Land of the Sky. I think that's that's the old that's the that's old, the old. Answer. I'm a transplant though, so. Yeah. Okay. Teddy Tourist, Mr. Moon. 
I, will, I refuse to answer this question. <laughs> Sam, you have to answer. <laughs> I refuse to answer this question. You can say you love them both. It's like we had a Toy Story I, analogy the other day. We talked about uh, Woody and Buzz. So I, I who's, love your, them who's, both your, who's your Woody and who's your Buzz? I can't answer this question <laughs> on record. <laughs> All right, Parker? Uh, Teddy. Teddy for sure. Teddy. Tim? Give me Mr. Moon all day. All right. I think I think Sam's a Mr. Moon. Uh, I saw that nod. Uh, yeah. I wasn't expecting the split. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> you just gotta embrace it sometimes, Sam. <laughs> I'm Teddy. Teddy, easy. All right. This is this might be my favorite question. Best product placement: the Bojangles bow time seats, where they there is a box seat you can buy, which is Sam. How much? Uh, it's like 30 bucks. 30 bucks, but you get sweet seats right next to like home plate and you have waiter, you have a waiter bring you Bojangles. Unlimited Bojangles. Unlimited Bojangles. So best product placement, <laughs> that's your option one, is the bow time seats yeah. or prestige Subaru trunk throw. I don't know which ending it is, but someone drives out a Subaru, they open up the trunk and they let... Like three people try to pitch a ball, and if it lands in the trunk, they win. What do you win if you if you get free, the a free oil and filter change from Paramount Kia? Free oil filter oh. change. <laughs> so bow time or prestige Subaru? I I gotta go or no? Yeah, it's Paramount Kia. It's not Subaru. The Bojangle seats they, they you know they face the field, so for your average fan, you you kind of can pass by it and miss it. Um, but I think that you can't miss the Kia driving around the fields. Um, you can't miss, you know, someone with a microphone basically, you know, calling for your attention. So I got to go at Kia on this one. Okay. Parker. Uh, I got to go Bojangles just as a fan, great seats, phenomenal food, might die of diabetes the next day or cholesterol, <laughs> but I'm game. Tim. Evan, you had me at unlimited Bojangles. <laughs> you're telling me I can get waited on for unlimited Bojangles? Sign me up for Bojangles. Yeah. While you're watching a baseball game. Yeah, geez. See, I didn't know it was Kia. Because I, I was going to say the prestige Subaru, that is just Asheville. Like for me, like just watching a Subaru drive, you know you're in Asheville. Yeah, it's they've like, got a Kia. big sign like on like, not. And again, I don't want to throw Kia under the bus because I'm yeah. sure they're a great I'm sure they're a great endorsement. And, no, for and sure. Their car probably looks more swaggy than a Subaru, <laughs> if we're being honest. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go I'll go bow time. That just that's just it's a great it's a great one. We do a, we do another Bojangles promotion where we um, pick a fan. It's usually like a little bit later in the game and it's it's when our pitcher's about to pitch and basically we tell them to guess a speed and if one of the if the pitcher's first three throws is that speed, everybody walks out with like a coupon to Bojangles and like that's yeah. a big that's a people love that one that's a good one get it's the whole really stadium involved oh yeah people people go nuts like this usually we pick a kid and that kid kid becomes like the king of McCormick Field <laughs> if they win it's it's wonderful <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome kid's the hero all right boys I know what box seat we're buying next season when we go to the tourist games <laughs> there you go I know someone that's got the hook up on tickets <laughs> oh, oh yeah okay <laughs> Two more questions. Anti-designated hitter or pro-designated hitter? Pro-designated hitter. Sam's pro. Parker? I'm anti. Anti. Tim? 
Give me pro. I'm pro. I love Big Poppy. Dingers. <laughs> Last question. <laughs> this one you might have to think a little bit. All right. So it's our start bench cut. You have to start one, bench one, <laughs> cut one. Okay. These are all, um, they all have ties to the Taurus. That's good. Cal Ripken Jr. He was a bat boy when he was 11 years old for the Asheville Taurus. Russell Wilson, the quarterback of the Seahawks. And Kevin Costner stepped on McCormick when he played Crash Davis in the 1988 film Bull Durham. Cal Ripken, Russell Wilson, Kevin Costner, start bench cut. I would start Cal Ripken. I would bench Kevin Costner, and I would cut Russell Wilson. Cut Russell. Mm -hmm. So you can watch him play football. That's right. Fair enough. Parker? Uh, do we get Cal Ripken as an 11-year-old? or how does this <laughs> I work interpreted in? it. You get him in his prime. Oh, okay. You okay. get all these people in their prime. <laughs> like even <laughs> Kevin Costner. Like you get him. As a college baseball player. You get him, yeah. Okay. I, okay. I, I'm going to start Cal, obviously. Uh, I'll bench Russell just because he's a pure athlete, and then I'll cut Costner. I'm starting Costner, but as Batman. Because <laughs> I view that as his prime. I this is tough for me, fellas. I miss I mistook uh Kevin Costner for Michael Keaton. <laughs> so I've read before, I've read that he he tried out like he uh they were kind of grooming him for Batman and Michael Keaton ended up getting a role. You know what? Mate, you know, hot take Kevin Costner for Batman. Like yeah, he maybe. should be the next yeah, I could maybe. see Kevin Costner as like billionaire Bruce Wayne. Just yeah, maybe he should have beaten out Michael Keaton for the spot. All right, uh, think Michael about Keaton's that world. The, Michael Keaton's the best Batman. I'm Batman. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm gonna follow suit, and I'm gonna uh, go ahead and cut Russell, and then I'm gonna bench Kyle, but the 11 year old Kyle because that's also his prime. Well, now you got me thinking about this differently. If we're going prime Costner. It's got to be filled of dreams, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna start him just to see if he can bring any other players out of the outfield like he does in field of dreams. So he, Costner played college baseball; he was pretty good. Yeah, I think I think I read that too. Is like I think he was a catcher. Yeah. So like yeah. when you watch when you watch Bull Durham, like there's a lot of there's like a lot of chatter. Like he'll talk to the batter or like his exchange with you know, who's playing the pitcher, uh, Tim Robbins, but it's all, it's like, yeah, there's something there. Like it, it seems like this is real. Like it's not just acting. No. Yeah. But. he's a real, He was a real deal. I mean, he, um, actually it's funny. He's in Bull Durham. He, um, you know, Crash Davis is a lefty. He was, he was a, he was a righty. So, um, that, that ending scene where he hits his 247th home run, he couldn't hit a home run lefty. He could hit him, no problem, righty. So they actually ended up putting, like, I think at the time, the um, UNC Asheville baseball coach at second base, and he, like, with, a, like, a fungo or something like that, hit a home run over the wall. Oh, my gosh. Just for the shot because Costner couldn't hit, hit it lefty, which is understandable. Yeah. And uh, But he, he was, like, a legitimate baseball player. That's wow. Yeah. Definitely start Costner, and uh, I'll probably yeah. scout from play football. 
put Cal on my bench. I'll just let Cal be a bat boy yeah. in his prime. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's our rapid fire. That was fun. Yeah. It's been fun. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Hey, Sam, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Fisher, one more time. Woo! Nice, Sam. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you, Sam. Bye. Boys, breaking news. ACC has came out with an 11-game schedule, 10 conference games, one out-of-conference game. Notre Dame is in the ACC conference for this year. I think that's, that's going to make up their one non-conference game, traditionally, uh, being Notre Dame. What's your all thoughts? It looks like – they're playing starting the first week of September. They can have their first contest off fall sports. Tim, you got any thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts are pretty cynical when it comes to um, COVID and sports per usual. But I think it's going to be a massive implosion similar to MLB. I just hope that they have some sort of game plan for when shit hits the fan. Because um, as you can see, the chaos of just uh, several players on one team in the MLB – uh, testing positive. What's that going to do if you know you're two or three weeks in and you're getting positive tests on a team? Um, as much as I want to see football, I just I'm pulling for it. I just hope they have a good uh, plan in place for when things inevitably get bad. Yeah, you talked about the Florida Marlins and 13 out of their 24 players tested positive for COVID. Thankfully, whoop. Play, praise to the baseball gods here. The Phillies, who they played that night when they were tested, has had two tests, zero, zero positives. Um, so everybody on the Phillies has been tested twice, and they have not come back positive, which is good. But apparently the Marlins went out to some adult clubs. Uh, shout out Magic City. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, they went to the club and uh, attracted this COVID uh, now imagine a college kid who their buddy's throwing an apartment rager, and now you got a whole team. Instead of 24 guys, you get 100 guys affected. So I, I'm kind of with you, Tim. That I think they might start, and then unfortunately implode. I'm just gonna. So the first thing I saw pulling up the article, it said 11 game fall football schedule includes Notre Dame. I'm just going to address it. Parker, I know you're a Notre Dame guy, but, you know, that whole thing where they're in the ACC for basketball, but they're independent for football. When when they moved to conference, I was like, I hope Notre Dame's left out because it kind of bites them in the butt. But I don't know. That may be – I may be too salty there, but – and I don't, I don't want to, like, go on too much of a tangent, but – I don't know, just including them. The thing is it gets messy with conferences is I think it's it's tough because when you look at, like, again, we talked about Ohio State had Oregon on their schedule, and now they're, they're just playing Big Ten, but that's a strong conference. But if you had a big game on your schedule, but now your conference isn't, isn't that strong, I mean, it does change everything because this league isn't, you know, a conference championship – doesn't guarantee you a spot in a playoff. Like it's all about, it's all about the the FBS rankings. So I don't know how they're going to have a postseason with with this in play. But if they're just playing to raise money and have games and and not go under their budget, then then I guess that's kind of what they have to do. 
Yeah, I mean, going back to Notre Dame thing, I it's genius on Notre Dame. Like you have weekly TV coverage, unlike a lot of ACC teams. You do not tie to any conference. So if, like you said, a conference is weak, they can bounce out and be like, no, nah, we're going to go play some real competition. Uh, and I think it might hurt Clemson in the long run because the ACC has not been traditionally strong in the past couple of years. Maybe they're left hanging. You know, who knows? I had a listener question, student. He wants to know what is the best football state here in the good old America, USA. And usually traditionally the debates between Florida, California, and Texas. Those are kind of the big three. Um, every once in a while you get some rebels from Georgia or, or Mississippi, um, Michigan, Ohio, but the three big ones are California, Texas, Florida. Boys, thoughts? First thought was Texas. I, I think when you think high school football, you know, knowing there's like 6A and 5A schools, you know, I think Texas is probably the powerhouse of high school but I wouldn't say like college, you know, like when I think about football state, I'm looking at high school, college and NFL and who's producing and like college wise, you got hook them horns, but I don't, I wouldn't consider them like, I wouldn't consider them like the, the top and then NFL, you know, Dallas, you know, sure. You know, America's team, there's the argument for that. Houston, they had the Oilers. Now they have the Texans. I think there's a case for Texas in the top three, but um, the college, the college doesn't hold. I don't know if that holds true. I like the Midwest, if I'm being honest. You know, living up there, living in Minnesota. You know, Minnesota had some good football. Wisconsin had some good football. And when I think about Wisconsin, Wisconsin boys playing football. You got those corn-fed boys, uh, the Badgers, the Packers. You know, I'm biased. I wouldn't say it's number one, but I think it's a dark horse. I think it's, I think it's up there in the conversation, but it's just they don't have those 6A schools, 5A schools that Florida or Texas might have. Yeah, you're looking at that a completely different way than I ever did. You know, I was always looking at high school level, recruit level, and you're taking to the college and pro level, which I, that's a good way to look at. It's a good spin on it. Tim? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Texas just because, I mean, I mean, you made great points, uh, but I had a athletic trainer professor up in Boone, and he played high school football at Permian. Odessa? Oh, yeah. And he actually suffered a C2 uh, burst fracture and – I mean, he's got a lot of other impairments because of that. He essentially broke his neck. Yes, for, for us, uh, not too uh, smart dudes. Uh, what's a C two starburst? <laughs> so a, a burst fracture of your uh, it's, it's your second cervical vertebrae. So it's like if you it's, it's essentially like the nape of the neck. If you think about it like that, um, he he broke he essentially broke his neck playing high school football. And when he told us that story in class, I was just like, my mind just exploded. I was like, I don't understand how like in high school you could give your all, like literally your body for a sport. And so ever since then, I was like, all hail Texas and football. You guys are a crazy different breed and I'll leave you to it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I look at it. Do I want speed or do I want that kind of grit? 
Speed, I'm going to Florida. Give me those Michael Irvins. Give me that old school Miami U teams. You know, Equestria High School is a dominant force year in, year out. Um, but Texas, they got that gritty to them, man. They're, they're tough. You know, shout out Friday Night Lights. Booby Miles playing through an ACL and, and a crazy uncle, man. And he's, he's getting it done. So, to me, recruit. I want the guy from Texas. Show me him. Unless it's Johnny Menzel, don't show me him. Yeah, isn't the speed? Um, I'm trying to think of that Florida player, uh, number 19. Uh, oh, oh, COVID. Yeah, he's really fast. Yeah, he's doing wonders down in Florida. So if you want some speed, you go down to Miami. You got it. Yeah, uh, I think it's safe to say, and no sports are happening in Florida uh, because they're like, yeah, phase one, skipping to phase three. Everybody go to the beach. Oh, there's a spike. Say what? You know, I've got another dark horse. Pennsylvania. Oh. I think looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers, Philadelphia Eagles for the pros, you got Penn State, you got Pitt. And I don't know what their high school situation is like, but I know they've produced Dan Marino, Larry Fitzgerald, Saquon Barkley, went to Penn State. I don't know if he's from Pennsylvania. I think he's from I don't know where he's from. I can't confirm that. But oh. Curtis Martin, I mean, I think it's a sleeper pick, and I don't know enough about it, but I think that stands out in the Northeast at least. Yeah, that's a good one. And, you know, you could throw Ohio in there with some of their high school talent mm-hmm. and stuff, but that's a good but one. But Cleveland is just where careers go to die. <laughs> um, real quick, oh, NFL, a lot of players are backing out of their contract. Dante Hightower, there's talks about Chris Jones for the Chiefs. What's your all's thoughts, man? Yeah, Devin Funches, he just opted out of Green Bay. Wow, I didn't read that. That must have just came out. It's hot. It's hot. Again, coming from a Packers fan, you know, Devin Funches, you know, I'm sure every team, if you have one guy that, that, that says, I'm opting out for the season, you know, I don't, it doesn't matter who that guy is. There's like when you look at your team collectively and you say on paper, you know, this is who we have, you know, or, you know, we just signed Jamal Adams or whoever the, whatever the new move is or whoever your beloved, you know, player is, if you're missing that piece, it does make it different when it's not, you know, it's not, it, you know, like every year, like someone will have like an ACL injury. And there will be, you know, there may be a moment like Andrew Luck just retiring out of nowhere, Luke Keekley retiring out of nowhere. Like, you know, you feel like you're missing that hole. But knowing it's because of COVID and just the whole debate of should there be a season, should there not, it takes it differently because it's not a football-related injury. It's it's something bigger than football and – it does make you rethink, like, how many is it going to take before we start to say, you know, again, look, we're t- what we're talking about with college, you know, how serious is it going to be, like, where we need to, like, pull back? And that's what I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it, Tim. Yeah, I think that – I know I mentioned it before on a previous podcast. Uh, the NFL is going to keep the train rolling until there's a government – intervention for stopping and uh yeah i don't blame the players at all i mean 
think of it as any other job where you're in close contact with people and, um, you know, people were sent home or people were furloughed for safety and, and, and business reasons. I, I just see it as that, as that same thing. Um, give the players the option. And it's, it's one of those, you know, you can't hold it against any player for not doing it because everyone has their own uh, justified reason. And you can't look at, you know, any of those players and, you know, uh, judge them based on that decision that they don't want to work when really it's, it goes much deeper than that. So we're just going to keep seeing players, key players, in fact, uh, opt out. And um, if we end up having a season, it's, it's definitely going to look very different than, you know, what we traditionally expected the 2021 season to look like. Yeah, for sure. I mean, without preseason games, missing key players, I think we're going to see another three, four household names opt out of contracts. I mean, Marquise Goodwin, um, he just opted out. Now, granted, he had a child that died previously. I think his wife or his girlfriend just gave birth to another child, and he doesn't want to put that child at any risk. I think any man with integrity can be like, yeah, like – you do you good work. Yeah, I was going like, to say, depending on your family situation, you know, if, you, if you're if you a player and you, you're close to your parents and you're worried about giving them any kind of illness like that, you know, it's it's understandable. It's like any of us who who are working. Again, this is bigger than football. Yeah. And it is, it's just there's complicated feelings about it, you know. Like part of it is like as a fan, I'm bored. I want to watch football. And the other piece of it is – okay, but what do we need to do collectively to get through this as a nation together so that we can all enjoy football without worrying about spreading this pandemic? Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, Tim. Hockey, real quick, round trip. Let's do it. All right. Let's go game game for game. Collar picks. Uh, Streaker-wise, man, I'm still I'm still good. I was three for four last week. Uh, All right. So I'm, I'm, still, I'm still a little warm here. I'm still a little warm. Hockey, I think this is going to be your third eye, Raven. You're going to yeah. call the shots here. Yeah, I was just saying, uh, you know, I, had, I read the tarot cards earlier today on, on different games and got out my third eye, and I was just in third eye Raven mode. So, yeah, we're going to just steamroll some of these games for Saturday, August 1st. And uh, we'll just take it game by game, almost like a rapid fire. And, yeah, we'll go from there. So, the first game, we have the New York Rangers at the Carolina Hurricanes. Who you got? Canes, baby. They played great today. They fell a little short to the caps, but they played great. Give me them Canes. Got to love them. All right. The Chicago Blackhawks versus the Edmonton Oilers. Who you got, buddy? Blackhawk down. Let's go, Edmonton. Nice, nice. I was thinking the same thing. You dirty dog. All right. We got the Florida Panthers versus the New York Islanders. Who you got? Florida needs a win. Let's go Florida. Ah, see, I'm going the Islanders. Mm. Strictly because I like islands. Think about that. Hot take. Look at that. Yeah, hot take. All right. So uh, (laughs) uh, we got Montreal versus Pittsburgh. Who you got, buddy? It's at Pittsburgh, but really it's in Canada. It's Montreal. Home ice advantage. Gosh, thank you. Yeah. Um, 
disclaimer, I absolutely hate Pittsburgh, uh, the Penguins. They're terrible. Uh, yeah, so I'm all with you there. Preach, brother. Now, unfortunately, I think the Penguins are going to win the series. But don't you say that. All right. And the last game for Saturday, uh, we got Winnipeg at Calgary. We got a clean canvas sweep, eh? Winnipeg. Nice. I'm going Calgary just because I like to play devil's advocate. <laughs> Touche, touche. I got, I got to get a, ahead of you in some of these games, so come on, give me something here. All right, all right. <laughs> and then uh, let's quickly go over Sunday's games, if, if you're down for that. Oh, I'm down. All right, so we got the Arizona Coyotes versus the oh. Nashville Predators. Smash City, baby. Preds all the way. Yeah, I knew you are going for Predators, so we're going to go with the Coyotes. Do you want to Just- rename them to the Dan Snyders like you did last week? Oh. Never forget. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> uh, all right. We got the Philadelphia Flyers versus the Bruins. Who are you taking? This is tough. I got to go Bruins. All right. I'm going Flyers. I think it's going to be a good series. I think it might go seven. Yeah. I, I honestly think so, too. Ever since Chara was just chopping people down years ago, I can't I can't look at Boston the same. So, similar to Pittsburgh. Get rid of Boston. I don't, all right. How you doing? Keep it moving. <laughs> We got St. Louis Blues versus the Colorado Avalanche. You got the defending champs. I got to go to the Blues, man. Why? I got to go with the Avalanche. And that's solely because my brother was a big Peter Forsberg fan. And uh, yeah, it just runs deep in the family. So we got to go with the Avalanche. Now, you being a Red Wings fan, I thought you guys aren't supposed to root for the Avalanche. Oh, oh, trust me. He was the only person in the family who rooted for the Avalanche. <laughs> okay. Literally all my other siblings, Detroit Red Wings. So it was a nice little uh, family dynamic. That was a nasty, season. bloody rivalry. Oh, gosh. So sweet. Okay. And then we have uh, Columbus at Toronto. Who are you taking? I said Canada sweep on Saturday. It stops now. Columbus, baby. Dang, you savage. I'm going to go with the Maple Leafs, eh? Oh, eh? Yeah. And then we have the Minnesota Wild versus Vancouver. Who are you picking? Vans by three. Dang, homie. You're confident. You said that with confidence, too. Do you have some insider information? Something uh, like that? Well, you, you had the tarot cards out, and I think I looked into your third eye just long enough. My whispering eye? <laughs> that was inappropriate okay (laughs) so there's a quick rundown rapid fire of uh who do you know games oh i never said give me vancouver hey let's go so there's our uh our quick rundown of the nhl games this weekend uh let us know how stupid we are if you disagree and i'm sure we'll give you an update next week on how uh, badly i beat parker so just stay tuned I can't wait for this graphic to come out. <laughs> uh, guys, that'll do it for our show. Once again, Devin couldn't make it this week. Work kicked his tail, but hey, he'll be back next week. Tim, it was a fun show, man. Really yeah. enjoyed having Sam on. Shout out to Sam. She's she's awesome. You know, they're doing great things over in Asheville. You know, I'm, I'm a tourist fan. I got to say, you guys have converted me, so I like it. I got to get some swag now and get some merch and... I'll be repping it like you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So are you trading in your KBO stuff to be, or are you doing oh, both? Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. You know, okay. I'm, I'm diversifying my profile a little bit. Oh, I, like I like that. 
say, I don't know why you guys listen, but you do. So thank you guys so much. Keep coming with those questions. We had some great listener questions this week. So appreciate we y'all. Hey, you're an all-star. Get your game on.